day that the Lord has made. That's why we, as, as believing people, we're not against these things, and we don't speak down about them, but we don't have a sacred place. Y'all are a little quiet about that, but I'm just, in case you didn't know that, let me tell you, we don't. We don't have that. Oh, there's sacred people. There, there's the papal crew. There's the cardinal bunch. There's the whatever they may be, the, the few, the proud, the anointed, the marines of the faith. They're, they're, <laughs> Semper Fi. <laughs> anyway, we don't have that. We are, we are a holy people. Everybody, the weakest, youngest, frailest among you. Those of you who know everything there is to know about the scriptures, and those of you who are going, there are more than there's more than one book. Wow. You know, and, and it's brand new to you. There's the beauty. The Lord has made himself available in the fullness of his glorious power to you and to me. Amen. Now that's that's just an open invitation. That's a, a tremendous possibility. That I hope that does something inside of your spirit where the Holy Spirit just kind of stirs something to go, yeah, if I ever did it for anybody, I'll do this for you. If I ever made myself real to anybody, I'll make myself real to you. If I've ever communicated with anybody, I'll communicate with you. If I've ever manifest my presence through anybody for the glory of God, I'll do it through you. Amen. How many of you are willing to believe that? At least lean into it. Good for you. Good for you. In Jesus' name. Well, we are, we are in uh, number six of an eight-sermon series. And so uh, you've already waded through the five fundamentals of the Christ life. It is Christ life training. And as Christ life training, it's not Bethel Fort Worth training. It's not uh, Assemblies of God training. Uh, it's, it's just the truth everywhere. It's, it's about Jesus making and manifesting his life to each and every one of us and through each and every one of us, wherever we go, every day, everywhere, with everyone. So this is the reality. And so these truths, the beauty of these truths is that they don't, they don't uh, you know, you can only preach them in, the, in, in America, or you can only preach them in Israel, or you can only preach them in some place. You can preach these truths and live by these truths because they're true in every nation. They're true among every era. They're true among every age group of people. Uh, the, the young people won't relate to this. Yes, they will. The old can't relate to this. Yes, they can. Amen. Because this is the reality. A living relationship with Jesus Christ is available to each and every one of us. And so the way we plug into that, quite frankly, is to seek to live in His love with everyone, everywhere, every day, like He loves them. And to do that, you just realize you, you have to have Jesus. And so He does. He shows up. And he shows forth. He gives you uh, intense emotional capacity to love unlovely people, to be forgiving of the most horrible, sinful things. If you, if you are a person or you hang around people who are always mad, always angry about everything, and their favorite message is, God's going to kill you, and he's going to like it. You need a different crew. You need to be a different person than that. Because the reality of God's judgment and His power to judge and, and, and rightly judge the universe is going to be on display in, in the future in, in the most terrifying ways. Amen. 
But he also wants to set people free in the meantime. And so that's why he's given us all these arenas of relationship where we can live and move in the power of the Spirit of Christ to be a redemptive force in the people that God loves and cares for. Because he doesn't want them to be condemned to hell. He wants them to know the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants them to to know the same and own the same forgiveness that you and I have. And so we understand that because the love of God is just moving inside of us. In fact, Paul said it this way, it compels me. I'm forced to do this. Jeremiah, the prophet in the Old Testament, had an experience one time where he just thought, you know what? Things would go way better for me if I just shut up. I I get in trouble when I talk because I talk in the name of the Lord. I talk about the truth of God. And so I I just get in trouble every time I talk. So I I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay out of trouble because I'm going to just shut up. Have you read the scripture in the prophets, Jeremiah? He says, I tried that. And there was this fire like burning inside of me. It was like, "Ah! (laughs) I got to say something because it's the glory of the Lord. This is the reality of how God operates. Once he is inside of us and moving through us, it's just, it's just that's the way he wants to do it. He wants to manifest himself in his presence. And here's the beauty of all this. You don't have to let your urgency and passion be owned by you alone. You're just trying to put pressure on me. You just, you just want everybody to be like you are. You know, you're just trying to condemn the world. You're, you're, just, you're acting holier than thou. Whatever reasons people give you. No, we, the reason we feel this urgency is because the Lord is in us and this is a limited time opportunity and we want you to know the grace of Christ care about you even if you don't care about yourself. You know, if you're out there drowning in the water and you don't even know you're drowning, it hasn't occurred to you yet that you can't swim. Well, we're still coming after you. Amen. So these are the things that are are true. We move today into into the first of the three Bs. There are three of these Bs, and they are, they all start with B, obviously, but they all start with B, E. So you believe, then you be come a certain way, and then you behave in certain ways. And we'll talk about those over the next couple of weeks. But today, the issue is about believing. And so I want to take you to John chapter 6, verse number 28 and 29. I'm reading from the uh, English Standard Version, ESV. And uh, it's, it's interesting. It's a part of, of time in the ministry of Jesus where there have been miraculous kind of manifestations of his presence, healings, Uh, deliverances of people who are in demonic bondage. Crowds have followed him, and the crowds are building who are following after the Lord. How many of you know uh, Jesus did not have a social media team? Jesus did not have a big advertising campaign. He didn't live on slogans. He didn't have a cool building. He didn't have a nifty staff full of people who could do the children's ministries and the worship ministries and the various... He didn't have any of those. His, his arena for ministry was relationships. Amen. But he had the power and the authority of God so that in relationships, when he came into relationship with somebody who was bound by demonic bondage, he would set them free. And, and they would be so excited about it that they would yawn and tell nobody. Of course not. They would tell everybody. He would sometimes tell them, look, don't tell everybody. Why would he do that? Because if you tell everybody, they will crowd in here and and they will short circuit some of the plan of what we're trying to do. And they did. They crowded in after him, sometimes so much so that there was not time to eat. uh, There was no space. 
one place that was so crowded that to bring a sick person to Jesus, an infirm friend, these four friends tore the roof off the place to drop their, their paralyzed friend down in front of Jesus. And of course, the man was powerfully healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. So crowds are gathering around him at this point in time. And here's this interesting question that is asked in John chapter 6, starting with verse number uh, 28. Verse 28 says, They said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Now this is interesting. It wasn't just run to Jesus and let him do it. These guys had a sort of an advanced understanding that he wasn't just going to come to do it, he was also going to pass it on to us to be able to do it. And so that what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus' answer to them is an incredibly telling and interesting thing, and we want to get a handle on this today. This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He has sent. Now, this is the reality. This is what Jesus is saying. This is all a reality of relationship, of believing. In fact, it says in one scripture in John that he comes to his own and his own uh, are not receiving of him, but everybody who does receive him, to them he then, in response to their willingness, gives them power to become the children of God. They don't just believe their way into it. They receive their way into it. You get that? They see in Christ someone and something that they see in no one else. And they respond to the invitation to take, take Him into their lives, to learn Him, to receive His love and love Him in response, and to live with Him. I, I remind you just briefly that the disciples became disciples not by joining the right church or taking the right online course or studying the right book in the Bible. They became disciples because Jesus said, hey, why don't you and I just hang out? And they said, really, me? I'm in. <laughs> he wants to hang out with me. And sometimes they get overcome with themselves. Somos más importantes. We're the most important people. We're the big guns. Whoa. Don't you come near Jesus. You're just a kid. <laughs> How many of you know they did that? They regularly argued who was going to be the best, the closest. And that's how they measured the best, the greatest. Who is the closest to the Lord? Well, at least they got one thing right. Amen. It's about closeness with the Lord. It's about a personal, powerful relationship with the living Christ of God. And we need to catch this. This is the reality. What God has called us to is not a set of doctrinal statements. You know, make your confession. You know, run through the rosary. Uh, pray the, the Hail Marys and the Our Fathers or whatever formulaic prayer. Uh, the, the, uh, the, memorize the Sermon on the Mount. Do some something that somehow qualifies you. By, by doing that, you will find that you know a lot about God. And you know a lot about Jesus. But do you know Jesus? How many of you know there's a difference between knowing about something and knowing them? 
I have a friend who has studied the presidents of the United States, and I promise you, this man, over, uh, over years of study, he has a library full of presidential things. Uh, some of the pictures that he has mounted uh, in his library area are pictures where he had a chance to shake a certain president's hand or be at a certain presidential address or a library. Uh, what I'm telling you is he knows more about you know, some of these presidents than pretty much anybody I know but he's never met some of them. So while he could tell me everything you could possibly know about Abraham Lincoln, I could say, do you know Abraham Lincoln? And he would have to say, personally, no. I just know about him. Now, why do I think that's so important? Because I think that's exactly what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7 to some people who are shocked. They have a chance to be face-to-face with the Lord. This is the judgment of God, where everybody will stand face-to-face with the with judge of the universe, the Lord Jesus Himself. And they will say to Him on that day, many will say to me, He says, Oh, Lord, Lord, we know who you are. We know about you. Lord Jesus, we did, we, you got to be, our, let us show you our resume. This is so impressive. Let us tell you all the things we did. We prayed for people in your name. We did stuff in your name. We did all these cool things in your name because we know about you. And you did stuff for people. You healed sick people. You delivered people from demonic bondage. It was awesome. We're ready to come home now. And he will say, Jesus says this, I will say to them, I don't know you. You and I have no real relationship. Does that not at least cause somebody in the house to go, that's the spiritual word for it. You know, that just that, I, I need to know more than just about the Lord. I need to know the Lord. I need to have a living relationship with God. And that's the reality of what he's calling us into. It's, it's about a real faith. You can know enough about the Lord to tell people about the Lord if they will have a personal relationship with the Lord. You can, even though you don't. But, but what believing is, is having a real personal understanding, a living, loving, learning relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a knowing, growing, going Thing. And so that's what we're going to cover today as we talk about it. First, we want to just talk about the, the connect with this truth in the uh, under the subject that it's a knowing thing. Uh, how many of you know that everything you know isn't really intimate, personal, experiential knowledge? Yes, you know, some of you were in college or have been in college. Maybe some of you who have been in college years and years ago. And you know that if you do this with this and this with this, that this is supposed to be the result, but you've never really done it. You've just learned about it. You can know about something and not know it. And that's true in all areas of life. It is also true in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are called to a living, powerful, loving relationship with the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 is a powerful verse. It says that without faith, real faith, It is impossible to please Him because the person who comes to God has to realize that God is and that God will reward the people who seek after Him. So here's the beauty. 
you don't have to just know about God. You can know Him personally and truly because that's what you seek. I seek to be with Him. I don't seek to have an answer for everything. I don't seek to have all the power. I don't seek to have any of the glory. I seek to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to know Him. And this is the faith that pleases the heart of God. When you want to know Him, He's not going to shove you aside. You get that? He's not. He's just going to come after you. He's going to warmly welcome you. He's going to give you insights. He's going to, because He loves you. Are you ready? He's going to correct you. Remember that phrase we talked about it. God loves you just the way you are. God loves you in spite of the way you are. And he'll meet you just as you are. But he's immediately going to make some changes. He's going to fix some of your junk. Amen. If you're a person who believes that you have to sleep around with everybody in order to be acceptable, well, then when, when God shows up, He's not going to let you keep doing that. Why? Because he wants to set you free. He wants you to know your value to him and your value relationally to all of his creation has nothing to do with what you can provide for somebody. Amen. Can I say this to you just so you get this? God loves you more than anything you do. Amen. Say it about yourself, would you? God loves me more than what I do. Amen. He, I hope he loves what you do. I hope you're doing the things that God loves. But he loves you more than those things. And so he shows up into our lives in order to begin to pull us out of these things. He will respond to our desires for him. And then he will call us into this growing relationship with him. And in this growing relationship, we simply understand that it's about the Lord. It's about God. He is. This is what we believe. I believe that He is. He is. He is. He is. He always will be. He always has been. All your answer for everything is Jesus. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's not very scientific. Are you kidding? This is pre-science. This is post-science. This is when the scientists get to the end of something. That's what they do. They, they, get, they get to black holes and they look at these kind of things. They find universes out past the, the, the things that they can see. And then they go, whoa. We don't know where that comes from. We do. Amen. God is behind it all. He's before it all. He's the one. He is, and he will. And see, he will what? He will act according to these five fundamental truths. He will deal with us in this way. Christ has come for us. He will be with us. He will manifest himself to us and through us. And in the, the arena of relationships, he's going to guide us and direct us. He's going to give us insights into people. He's going to fill our hearts with love for unlovely, broken people. But he's also going to fill our hands with power to heal them from their brokenness. Deliver them from their demonic bondages. Pull them out of their sickness and their suffering into a glorious place of being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen what God is going to do inside of our lives. So this is what we have to know. We have to know that God is. We have to know that God will. And, and what? Everything that we've talked about. And so when we know this, we begin to grow into this. Now, how do you grow into this? Well, there are three things that we're going to identify with each of the Bs, but the three that go with believing are, are these. And they, in fairness, it's going to sound somewhat like a rehashing of some of the fundamentals, but this is what we believe these fundamentals. So we believe, a disciple believes, grow into this one, in the supremacy of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. We're all about Jesus. We have no other answer for the universe. Why? Because God has no other plan for the universe. All the universe will win or lose based on Jesus Christ the Lord. What He has done alone is enough to satisfy the judgment of God and to save all of humankind from their sins. Amen. God doesn't come to, to you to somehow measure you out. That's the lie that humanism and ego has foisted upon humankind forever. If you ask the average Joe and Jane Bear out there on the street, how, how do you expect to fare at the judgment? Here's what they'll do. They'll give you a sort of a list of right and wrong. And then they'll try to convince themselves that the right and the righteous things that they have done and accumulated are bigger and more powerful and more important than the wrong things that they have done. And if they show up on the karmic good side, they can avoid the horrid bad side. That's, that's in fact what people believe. And that's because that's a human idea of salvation. What God knows and understands is that humankind is incapable of saving itself and pretty much unwilling to. Amen. God stood in the gap and waited for somebody to step up, and nobody did. And so he comes himself. I will provide for myself. I will put an enmity between the, the devil and humankind. I will put someone in there who will conquer sin, defeat the devil forever, take the power of hell and death and the grave completely away from humankind and usher in this glorious eternal life of blessing and provision as the sons and the daughters of the Almighty God. Why? Because He will take the status of Christ and apply it to us. You have to understand that. That's your righteousness. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. What's my answer before God? I'm with Him. How did you get here? I'm with Him. Where'd that robe come from? He gave it to me. Amen. I belong to Him. I'm in Him. I move in Him. I love Him. I worship Him. I would worship Him the same way if two people showed up. Amen. Because why? Because he's, He is Lord and King and Majesty. and We love Him with an everlasting love and we believe in the supremacy of Jesus Christ the Lord and what He's done. He's everything to us. Amen. And so our message to the whole world is Jesus. We are Jesus people. You've got you to tone down that Jesus stuff. Don't believe that lie. Don't tone it down, turn it up. Amen. If you're this far in, go all the way. Amen. If you're tiptoeing on the edge, take the leap of faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, we must believe in the supremacy of Christ. We must believe in God's esteem for all of humankind. When you understand that God loves everybody everywhere every day, it, it changes your attitude toward them. You're not nearly as mean or petulant or angry about stuff. No, there, I understand there's a lot of things that people who are sinful and wicked and bound into lies and bondage that they put forth. And it's really annoying when they pass laws that they expect to control your life by. Come on. It happens. And it's happened for generations. It's happened since the beginning of time. But here's the reality. We don't have to hate those folks. 
because God loves them. He cares for them. He wants to deliver them. He understands they're in bondage. He understands that they're set for an eternity uh, of suffering if they don't hear the message, if they don't believe. But what's the thing that they need? They need somebody to come and tell them. You get that? They need somebody who cares enough to come and say, hey, you got a sin problem, but I got a sin answer. Jesus Christ has become sin for us who knew no sin so that in him we might be made righteous before God. God is just giving it away. Amen. Amen. And so we, we come to them and we tell them these things. Why? Because we understand that that's exactly how he is with them. And, and we believe that God is, this is the third one, just in his judgment, but he is the justifier of whoever believes. You get that? He is a righteous judge. Sin will be punished. The smoke of the torment of the wicked will ascend forever without rest and without ceasing. But none of the righteous will stand around going, I'm so glad they got what they deserve. We will with the Lord share the sorrow of what a horror that is. That the only difference between them and us is that they don't believe. You get that? They just don't believe. And why don't they believe? Paul said it this way. Probably because nobody tells them. And why don't they tell them? Because nobody sends them. And why don't they get sent? Because there are no senders. Well, listen, I'm a missionary. And I'm telling you, we're out there in the name of Jesus recruiting missionaries. All of you are missionaries to bear this message of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you've never been sent, you're sent. Amen. If you've never been supported, you're supported. Blessing of God be upon you. The Holy Spirit be in and flowing through you so that you can go out and tell people what they ought to believe. You just want us to believe like you do. I do. I do. Because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It saved my life. It's changed my world. It's, it's, the, it's the eternal truth that sets me free from all of the crazy, goofy lies. Amen. I'm set free for eternity. Why? Because I believe in God and the supremacy of Christ and his claim on mankind and his just judgment of everybody, but his commitment to justifying anybody who believes. So exciting. We got we to gotta get moving on. It's a going thing as well. We, we know God. We kind of grow into this grace and this knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We grow in the faith. We grow into believing Him more and more. In fact, the more you do with the Lord, the more you will, will believe in the Lord. Because He provides stuff for you. You'll pray for somebody and then, poof, powerful things will happen. you go, whoa, where'd that come from? I didn't feel like I was giant in the faith. No, you are with the giant. Amen. And in his name. Amen. He does these things. So, so what do we do? What, what's the going piece? What's the advice that I could give you that will be continually helpful to you? All right, you ready for these? Here they are. Three S things. Study him. Study him. What I mean by that is this book is just full of stories. It's a powerful book. It's filled with stories. And, you know, all these stories relate to God because he's eternal. They do. All of these stories are told in a thing called time. And God exists 
far beyond and far above and far outside this thing called time. And so the only thing that makes sense in time is the eternal truth of God. And you get a handle when you read the word about how God deals with people. There's the beauty of the scripture. There's so many people in here in so many situations, some of, of that they have no choice. They were, it was foisted upon them. They were captured. They were taken captive. They were spared alive and made slaves in Daniel's day. But they had no choice in that. But they had a choice in how to respond. I was talking to somebody today about this very thing, one of the sweet saints of God in this house. And it was like, you know what? We can't control the stuff that happens but we can control our attitude about it. Amen. And so there's people like that. There's people who, who were just wretched, raunchy people. And God shows up and shows forth his power to touch their lives. God, God talked to heathen kings. He gave heathen kings in Daniel's day insight on what was going to happen to them. And they lost their mind according to the will of God. For seven seasons, whatever that translates to, and then God restored this person's mind. Amen. God, God speaks from eternity into time. And so when we look at his word, we will find an application of not just, I've memorized the books of the scripture and I can quote the words. Yeah, you can do that if you just want to know about God. But if you want to know God, you don't just look at the word. You look at the word. The word of God is Christ. Amen. He is the Word made flesh. The Word who dwells among us. The Word who manifests His presence. If you're a Word person, you've got to be a Jesus person. Amen. Because this is how we begin to know Him and grow in Him. And so the Word of the Lord shows us the way that God works. And then while we believe that, we start talking about that. We keep telling everybody about that. And then the witness of the Lord happens to us. Something just stirs up inside of you. How many have ever had this experience? And I'm, just, I'm expecting every hand to pop up, but here it is. Somewhere you were doing something totally unrelated to the Scripture, and all of a sudden, boom, this Scripture pops into your mind and heart and with a sense of understanding, with a sense of instruction that comes with it like, ooh, ooh, and it actually energizes you. That's, sometimes that's what I do. I go, ooh, 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 ooh. How many have ever had that happen? Yeah, that's the witness of the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit doing just what He does, which is to teach you all things. To take everything that is from Christ and bring it to you. And so all of a sudden, you go, oh, that's what that scripture means. Wow! And now you want to go tell all your friends. Here's the only problem. Don't try to tell your friends you know everything about that scripture. You just have an insight that God gave you in the moment. But around another corner, He's going to do it again. There's the beauty of the Lord. So we study him, which means we study to grow into the Lord Jesus Christ. When we study him, we also submit to him. Submit to him meaning that what he says, you got to do. Where he sends, you got to go. If he tells you to, to give something to someone, don't, don't get into that whole, oh no, this is, this is just pastoral pressure coming on me. You know. This is the righteous resolve of the many making me feel like I have to do these things. If God speaks to you to do something, just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and say yes. Amen. Submit to God. Submit to God. It, it, the scripture talks about if you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Yeah, if you submit yourself to God and resist the devil, then he'll flee from you. 
And so what do we do? We obey. We trust. Remember that old song? There's another old song. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Just trust the Lord. I believe God. And so if I believe God's instructing me, what am I going to say? Oh, no, I need a sign. I need like four witnesses of the Holy Spirit to prove that that was actually God. No, you don't. You need to just obey. Try this one. Put your go. You put your tongue a little high in your mouth, and then just go yee, kind of yee, yee. Everybody, come on, yee. One more, come on. You're getting better. Yee, yes. And the letter S, yee. Yeah, that was it. Yes. Come on, try it again. Yes. You know what a good answer to God is? Yes. You know what every answer to God should sound like? Yes. And when you're not full of faith enough and belief enough to submit to God and say yes, here's the only other thing that you're allowed to say. Are you ready? This is a biblical response. Oh, God, you know. Amen. Oh, God, especially if he ever asks you a question, Here's your best response. Oh, God, you know, because he does know, and he will tell you, and he'll tell you enough so that you will go, there you did it again. Yes to God. Submit to God. Luke 9, 23, an interesting passage. It says about discipleship, if you want to be a disciple of mine, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Before you go inventing a cross, you know, all my cross is my parents, my family, my heritage, my history. My cross is my gender. My cross is, your cross isn't any of those things. They could all be a problem to you, but that, it's not your cross. Contrary to your popular belief, your spouse is not your cross. Nor your children, nor your parents. Your cross is the same as everybody else's cross in the house. It is when your arrogant sinful, willful way is going one direction and it intersects with the will of God and the voice and the witness and the word of God moving another direction. And at that point in time, honey, you got a cross. And the instruction of the Lord is deny the selfishness, stop that, and go with God. That's what submitting to God looks and feels like. Follow me and I will cause you to become fishers of men. And then finally, we speak of him. Why? Well, because he starts to fill our hearts and our lives and our spirits. Our mind gets filled with the word of God. Our songs are songs of the spirit. Do you have anybody wake up singing worship songs? I did. I do. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roar. I just I love these songs. I wake up some nights just, just singing these things. Well, not maybe out loud, but in my spirit. And then I go to a, a place where I can sing it out loud. Why? Because it's, it's filling my soul. It's filling my heart. You will have uh, an understanding of this scripture. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, Jesus was saying that in a corrective way because people were talking about what they ate or didn't eat and you know sacred foods and all of that other sort of thing and rules and regulations. But he said that the, the truth is that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How many of you have ever had, you know, just something pop out of your mouth? And sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's really not so good. You know, no, seriously, something happens and it goes, whoop, and you go, whoa, where'd that come from? And if it's bad, you kind of feel embarrassed about where it came from. 
But if it's good, sometimes we feel surprised. It's like you're with a friend and just this nugget of wisdom pops out of your mouth and you go, wow, where did that come from? Here's the answer. It came out of your heart. Now, why do I say that? I say that because you have every capacity and every responsibility to guard your heart and to, and, and to devote your heart to certain things. And so when you seek to learn the Lord, when you seek to, to understand Him, when you begin to submit to the revelation of God in your life, your heart starts to be more and more full of the love of God and the sense of the presence of God and the gratitude of your soul starts to build so that sometimes you run up and you look at the, again, back to the college days, I remember going to chemistry. I hated chemistry, but, you know, it just, it just I had to take it. So I, I, I ran up and I saw, I found my little number, and then I saw on the top of the thing, you know, it, here's this thing. Well, actually, it's not my story. It's somebody else's story that I know. But, but they ran up and they saw their name, and then they saw a grade. And this, this person said, oh, hallelujah, and started out from the crowd. And everybody went, huh? Yeah, this is college. This is, not, this is not hallelujah zone. And this person said, I just didn't even think about it. I just, it just was in there. I love a person who in college thinks about the fact that God's grace is so in their lives that he's helping them with their grace. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so we will talk of him. We will sing of him. That's what the scripture pictures, songs hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Amen? So stand with me all across this house. We believe. I wish I had a good I Believe song. <laughs> I do. I do. I wish I had a really good I Believe song. I don't know what you're planning on. Great is our God? Is that what you're planning on? Okay, we'll do that in a minute. But uh, there, I came in this morning. We were chatting. Uh, one of the home groups that meets on Sundays, the the fellowships are small. If you're not in a small group in this house, you need to be in one. They're vital. They're valuable. They're incredible. You should be a part of a small cluster of people. But uh, in one of the home groups, they study this particular uh, message that we're going to be doing. And typically, they attach a song to the end of it to kind of respond. And it was an I Believe song. And it was great. It was, I think, the Gaither's I Believe song with its, it's something about the, you know, the, the creeds of the Old Testament, which and my, my comment was, that's better than the Letterman song. See, some of you are not. My wife remembers the Letterman. She thought they were good singers back in the day. I did too. I believe for every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows. <laughs> Do you know how, how overrun we'd be with flowers if that was true? But I, the rest of the song is pretty true. I believe if someone in the great somewhere hears every word of every prayer, amen, that God cares about people, that God loves people. And so we submit to you, Lord God. We say yes and amen. Let the will of God be done in our lives. Let the kingdom of God come in our lives. Let the truth of God just cause us to believe. We understand that, that we want to be believing people. We want to be in a living, loving, learning relationship with you. We want to know you. We want to grow in you. And we want to go in your name into every relationship, charged with this understanding that we know our God. And there is a prophecy, there is a word from the Lord for the last days for the people who know their God, that they will be strong and that they will do exploits in the name of the Lord our God. So do it, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody says. 
Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.